As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside back for... Two Man Advantage, the final episode before the holiday break and Pierre in lovely Toronto. Are the stockings hung by the chimney with care? You know, I, you know, I like to bring in a little classic uh, holiday stuff here. You know, are you, are you with me? Yes, the stockings, <laughs> the stockings are absolutely hung up and uh, we are ready to rock here. It's just going to be our family this year. Lockdown, full lockdown in yep. Ontario right now, my friend. So... Just uh, my wife and kids and granny, and uh, because she lives with us. That's yeah. a lot of information there. And uh, we're looking forward to it. A quiet uh, Christmas. That's, that's good. It's good. That, yeah, we'll be the same here in Georgia and a little certainly different. Won't uh, won't quite be the same, but I tell you, looking forward very much to uh, a brighter 2021. And uh, speaking of brighter 2021s, I, I feel like this is an early Christmas uh, or holiday gift for you and I, Pierre, because joining us today... Tom Fitzgerald, GM of the New Jersey Devils. And Tom, we're, we got hockey to talk about. We actually even have some Devils news to kick around with you. But I have a question first, because I know that you're you're in Boston with your with your family. And you and I spoke in the summer just before uh, return to play. And uh, I, I know there was intense competition in the Fitzgerald house. The boys were home, a lot of golf, like a golf game in the backyard. It's winter. What what kind of competition dominates the Fitzgerald house now? Because I can only imagine whatever it is, it's intense. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for having me on. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you too. Uh, respect you guys immensely, and um, yeah, things have changed a little bit, uh, Scotty. On on that part, the competition part. You know, we with me being in New Jersey um, during the week and around on weekends here in Boston and. I haven't been around um, as often during the week, like I said, but and plus my two older boys uh, just got back from Germany. They both went over to uh, Krefeld and played in a um, DEL uh, tournament oh. that they put on for, for a month. So they so they were gone. They were gone from the middle of uh, beginning of November and came home in the middle of December. Um, so it was just uh, my wife and my two younger boys 
and the dog, the brand new dog. And then occasionally I'd, I'd come in and come in and on occasions every weekend I would come in and realize that the five other nights I wasn't sleeping in my bed. My dog was. Um, so I had, I had the, I had the share. Uh, I'm sharing, I'm sharing that bed right now. Good stuff. Well, let's let's get to the the news of the day then, Tom. I mean, just I, you couldn't hang on just till we got to taping to uh, to share the news that Mackenzie Blackwood has a has a new deal uh, with the Devils, uh, promising young goaltender, and and joining now Corey Crawford. I, I you know a really impressive one two punch in the Devils net, and, and certainly with a compressed fifty six game schedule ahead of us, that uh, uh, there has to be a lot of confidence from your end on. on in terms of the goaltending and, and maybe talk a little bit about Mackenzie Blackwood and, and why you, you feel he's so important to the, the future of, of what is a very young and talented Devils squad. Well, that, that would be an understatement really um, how important he is. Um, we, we, we're just thrilled as an organization that um, we've got Mackenzie tied up uh, for the next three years, uh, help us um, continue to grow and ascend into that uh, team that we think we're going to be um, for a long time, you know, after these kids continue to get experience. I see these kids, like I, I reference, you know, uh, Nico Hishier and, and Jack Hughes and, and now in McKenzie in particular, that they can continue to grow together um, and then continue to draft well, develop well and, and build around these guys. Um, it's exciting times, to be quite frank. McKenzie, you know, we all saw, saw where his numbers were. We, he ended two seasons ago um, very well. Uh, I believe his, his save percentage was above 9-10 for the 23 games. And in, in the one game that he played was in Calgary, and he, he let up nine goals. Um, but we couldn't we, we couldn't pull him because they are playing back-to-back. And um, uh, was it maybe Corey? I don't even know who the backup then was. The other goal, we needed him fresh for the next game against Edmonton. So with, with that, you just could see, like, if he didn't give up that many goals, what would his save percentage would have been in those games? But anyways, we felt confident this, that going into the 1920 season um, with McKenzie, you know, starting on our roster. And, you know, you just saw the growth in his game. Um, I think the more we played him, you know, he was – the more he was tired. The more we balanced the schedule out, the, the higher performance he, he gave us. Um, so, obviously, going into this year, t- really, really, really tough decision on – and what were we going to do with Corey Schneider? Um, I made that decision. We moved. We were moving forward, and our goal was to find a tandem that could really give us a chance to scratch and claw in every game. And Corey Crawford was that that player. Um, Corey's, you know, uh, uh, career speaks for itself. You know, uh, cup winner. You know, multiple cup winners. Uh, great leader. He'd be a great mentor. So we just figured that duo. Um, like I said, would really give us, you know, you have that veteran mentor and you have that up and coming uh, number one goaltender that uh, could learn a lot from that person. So, you know, going back to my original statement, like we are extremely excited to, uh, that McKenzie is 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 back with us, um, get back into camp and and really just have our our fan base watch him grow with the rest of our, our crew. So it leaves it leaves you just just for Brad, I guess. Right. Tom, that uh, yeah, 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 just with Brad, the, the loan uh, RFA that we have, and you know, I've had talks with his agent, and, and you know, I would say right now it, it'd be hard pressed to think Jesper would be in camp because of all the obstacles um, we'd have to go over with, you know, quarantine, immigration, but um, 
you know, Jesper wants to be in New Jersey and that's, that's the bottom line. And we want players who want to be in New Jersey and, um, you know, there's always a deal to be made and, you know, his agent and I will continue our talk. And you're a team with uh, a healthy salary cap situation at a time when uh, that has never become more, uh, more powerful a tool, I would say, in this new and, NHL economy. I'm wondering if you're a favorite of some cap uh, challenge teams in terms of phone calls and people throwing offers at you that way. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we, we knew this, you know, going into the off season, um, you know, where we stood cap wise, and then obviously the news of the cap not, you know, going up and it's not going up in the next few years. And we, we just feel it's a, it's, it's a tool that we could use to improve our organization, whether it's through futures or whether it's through, you know, uh, current, current players who can help our roster right now, like, you know, um, um, the, the players we added, you know, Janssen and, and, and Murray, um, we used our cap space to, to add, you know, the quality that they are. Um, listen, we, uh, all, every GM talks to every GM and, and you're always potentially tossing things out to each other. And, and, and I've had that, those conversations with teams, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be the right thing for the New Jersey Devils, um, you know, financially, um, how long, um, just there's a lot of things that play into um, using that cap space, whether whether you're a middleman or not. There's there's some things that you have to I have to consider um, that could potentially handcuff you down the road or um, help you. So with that being said, I'm 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 open to using my space to um, to add to our organization and better our organization um, for, for the future. Yeah. Tom, I, I mean, so much has come together so quickly in the last few days in terms of an agreement and a structure in place for a 56-game schedule. The Things don't get any easier for the teams in the East, the new reconfigured East division. But I wonder when you talk to Lindy Ruff, who's, who's going to get a chance uh, um, in his first season as head coach in New Jersey, is there a priority that you guys have established coming into camp, uh, especially given that you were one of the seven teams that didn't um, qualify for a return to play? So it's been an awful long time since your guys have played uh, as a team, played as the Devils' uh, meaningful games. What do you and Lindy talk about in terms of, okay, how are we going to make best use of what is going to be a short window um, between start of camp on the 31st or whenever you guys are, are formally starting and puck drop on January 13th or shortly thereafter? Well, I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, it's been an awful long time for the majority of our players. Um, chomping at the bit would be an understatement. I think everybody's excited to, to get back and get the competitive juices flowing. Uh, no exhibition games, which, you know, I don't, I wish we could have at least one um, to get some timing back, but we'll try to simulate as best as possible because you can never simulate in a practice or a scrimmage uh, what a game game's like, especially when you have an opposite, uh, a different color jersey you're, you're, you're playing against and competing against. Um, a, lot of comp- a lot of competitive drills. You know, we're going to have new, new systems, especially in the D zone. Um, it's, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be movement. It's going to be smothering. It's going to be, you know, so we conditioning is a, a huge factor. Uh, timing and support is a huge factor. Competition at the net front and the corners and all the, the, those those battle areas that um, our guys haven't had. 
um, will be will be uh, really on showcase come the start of training camp, um, which which will be on the thirty first. So we, we if we can take advantage of the extra few days that we get, and, and once we get to you know the third and fourth, that we're rolling into um, our guys are feeling they've got their wind underneath them and. Um, we can start getting into chemistry lines, things like that. So, um, competition, competing, battling, um, fighting for for space is is really going to be the theme at the beginning, just to get get that back into our uh, uh, into our blood. Now, Tom, we mentioned the cap space that you guys have. Uh, the, the the flip side to that, uh, again, on a on a positive note, if you choose to use it that way, is there are still some decent free agents out there it's been a weird offseason for a lot of players and and still some good players sitting out there is that something that you might explore or that you are exploring right now absolutely yeah i've talked to uh, a lot of these uh, ufas that are still sitting out there and um, their agents have been proactive um I'm sure plenty of teams, um, my team in particular, I, I, I don't know who else they're talking to, but I, I have talked to their agents, um, a, a lot of their agents, and um, and I've made phone calls myself. So, again, there's there's probably a, a, a fake uh, deadline here um, with quarantine, maybe in some cases immigration. I, I'm just, I just want to make sure if we go down the path of a UFA, it's, it's for the right reasons. Um, and we've, we've continued to do our due diligence on them. Um, not, not make a decision because of the start of training camp. Maybe, maybe someone is signed here in the next two, three days that may miss the beginning of camp. That's okay for me. Right. You know, that's okay. As, as long as I make the proper decision, use my time to, to make those decisions versus somebody else's time. Yeah. Tom, when you when you look at the new structure and you look at divisional play, you're going to play everyone in that East division eight times. That's a that's a lot of familiarity. Is is there a benefit, do you think, to a team like yours, young team, um, certainly, you know, trying to redefine its identity, got new head coach? Is there a benefit, do you think, to to playing against established, uh, you know, cup contenders? Almost every night, you know, teams like Boston, of course, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly. Is there a benefit and maybe, a, a, you know, a way of, of accelerating the development of your squad based on this on this setup that you're going to play under this season? Well, I don't know if, you know, accelerating is, is part of the plan. Um, I, I don't think you can plan for that. I think that has to come naturally. Um, you know, when you're playing veteran-laden teams like the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs, the Bostons, great, great teams. Yeah, we're in a we're in an extremely tough division, extremely tough. I mean, every division is tough. It's the National Hockey League, right? But we we do feel that we're in a, a very hard division, and I think that that's going to help the New Jersey Devils ma- mature and then during this maturation process of learning to win um, as a young group, and then when you Put in like Lindy and I, you know, we were on the same page. Hey, you, when you're young and you have youth, you make mistakes. But when you're young and you have youth, you play with energy. And you're, if you can stay healthy um, and continue to grow on the job, um, you never know what can happen. 
you just never know. Um, and that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, it just the, the youth, we've got really good goaltending tandems. It's 56 game schedule. We touched on this earlier. You know, we've got this really good tandem that, that will help us stay in, stay in hockey games. And I think the energy and the youth and the excitement that this young group will bring every day, um, I, I think it could, it, could, it could surprise people within our division. Tom, how are you going to approach scouting, both amateur scouting and pro scouting this year? It's such an unusual season. Uh, by the way, the Ontario Hockey League just announced as we're taping this that they're further delaying uh, the start of their season. Who knows when they start? Uh, you know, and, and as you continue to accumulate young players and want to develop them, I'm just wondering on the drafting side of things, how you can go about drafting, uh, sorry, scouting, you know, even the pro scouting, I, I, you know, you're not going to be able to send guys inside NHL arenas, is my understanding. So, how, how do you feel you're going to get that done this year? I don't, you know, I think every team's in, obviously every team's in the same boat, right? Um, when it comes to certain leagues that aren't playing, we'll 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 review their past performances and really get to know them from those, and and then envision, you know, really where some kids can take a major step. And in some cases, it, it could be, and, you know, whether it's the OHL or the WHL, uh, young players can envision what a year plus uh, can can do to them physically maturing, mentally maturing, skills maturing, um, but have a base on what they are and what their what their foundations are for games. So when you do see them live, um, I mean, again, I, I, I personally can't imagine how can you draft somebody if they don't play? You know, I just, right. I just don't, I don't know how, how you can do that. So that that's, but that's out of our control. But what is in our control is continue to try to, to really know that the players that are, are playing right now through video um, and, and understand where they are. And you can start, we start formulating lists of the players that are playing with the list of players that we've watched um, from past performances and, and understand where they are. And once you start watching them live or live on video, you, you can, you can shop and compare and, and start merging lists together. So we no, no different than any other team, you know, video scouting is, is real. It's the only thing you can go off of right now. Um, and I think our guys, we've, we've, we've kind of taught them how to watch video on, on the attributes that we, we desire uh, as, as New Jersey Devils. So um, same with the pro. I mean, the pro side, yeah, no, they're not going to be able to go watch games at the start. Maybe hopefully things loosen up and we're able mm -hmm. to add that. But video is going to be, you know, our, our guys are going to go blind watching <laughs> watching video. Um, and, and, they're, and they're all chopping at the bit. And, and, and it is a bit different. But, you know, you, you, can, you can get a lot out of it. Um, and, again, just kind of set you up to uh, eventually – Eventually, we'll be watching live performances that that it can help you um, with a true evaluation of, of even the pro guys. Yeah, Tom, we're going to let you go here in a second, but I, I wanted to I, I wanted to sort of close things out. I I, I, I think it's always whenever you and I chat and we chat about your family and what your boys are doing with four boys coming and going, and and certainly a real connection to the hockey world um, within your family. I wonder if that has changed how you approach your job as an NHL GM. I mean, a lot of, I mean, the Devils are a really young team. Your boys are sort of in that wheelhouse in terms of that age. Do you apply some of the things that, you know, that you've experienced as a hockey dad to four boys to what you do as a GM or is it completely separate? 
No, it, 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 there's there's some mirror likenesses to it, and I tried to take being a dad, um, as you guys are, uh, communicating with your kids, you know, being a good listener with your kids, um, making sure they know you're there for them. And and I look I look at it the same way as a manager. You know, I've got I've got cadences in place for communication with all our young prospects. It's part of our development, um, including myself with. with all my players and what my cadence is going to be once we get on a routine. But uh, I've, I've talked to all of them on the phone and some, in, maybe some more than others, but knowing that we're here to support you, what do you need? You know, these are the resources we have. These people can help you in this area. And this is all outside, you know, if we can help, you know, make them feel good about things outside the locker room um, before they come in and when they come in they can just focus in on hockey so um, I, I kind of I, I really do I look at it the same way you know communication uh, listening um, just being being there as and I don't want to say as a dad but let's say uh, an uncle um, that they know I, I have their back I have they, they, they we support them um, and whatever we can help with we will help with and that and to be honest with you that that comes from our ownership you know, Josh Harris and David Blitzer running a family, a, a family oriented organization, then Scott O'Neill, the layers of Hugh Weber, the, the people that uh, really have set the culture for for this uh, entire organization. So does it does it cut both ways? Do you have to put your GM hat on with your boys sometimes or does it work that way? I, I quickly, I would say it's it's hard not to, to have it on. I don't I don't look at my my boys. um with rose-colored glasses, I think I know them as as players, and they're and they're good good players. Um, I probably think they're. My, I, I definitely think my wife thinks they're way better than I think, <laughs> and I think my boys are way smarter than my wife thinks because I'm not helping with the schoolwork. And, and yeah, so we, we, there's a good balance there. Yeah. Well, listen, Tom. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Uh, I like to refer to it as a Scots podcast, but it's really ours. <laughs> Uh, we share it and uh, uh, really uh, sensible signing to start off your day with uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good number uh, at two point eight million. Although I don't think you're allowed to confirm that as per team policy. <laughs> so uh, congrats on that and uh, and uh, be an interesting year. And and certainly as a GM of one of the seven forgotten teams, as I like to call them, the seven teams who didn't play last summer. I think these are some really important weeks here coming up uh, for those seven teams. So uh, best of luck to you guys. Yeah. And have a great holiday. Thank you very much. You guys have a great holiday as well. It's always a pleasure. Take care. Uh, it was a ton of fun, Pierre. And I, you know what? I, I I don't know if you remember, but I'm I'm old enough. I remember covering Tom when he played for the Leafs, and uh, you know him talking about taking his boys to youth hockey in Toronto, just as as you are with your kids. So uh, um, I, I'm curious what you think of uh, of the direction that they're headed, and just to keep people in suspense, we are going to go to a break first. But don't go away. We'll come back and talk a little Devils and Tom Fitzgerald and return to play. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Are you are you old? I say I always date myself when I when I mentioned you know like uh, you know cover Tom when he was still playing and uh, um, do, do you remember that? Were you still had you started at CP when Tom was still? With oh the yeah, or, yeah, that's how yeah, we met. Right? Yeah, when he was here yeah. in Toronto, that's how I really first got to to meet Tom and uh, he was such a thoughtful interview. Um, yeah, exactly. is one of the things I remember from him as a player, and, and was not surprised he ended up in the management route. Uh, always a cerebral guy who, as a player, was already thinking, uh, you know, outside the box. And uh, you know, I, I hope that it, you know, it, it's interesting. Let's face it, we didn't get into this with him because it probably would have been an awkward <laughs> back and forth. But it is interesting he ended up with the job in New Jersey because we know that the Devils actually did interview other candidates for the GM job. Uh, I'm trying to remember to some of my reporting, but I think they. They had some long interviews uh, with the likes of uh, Lawrence Gilman, for example. Um, I think Mike Gillis was involved in I that. I think Mike Fuda uh, got an interview. Yep. So, so they did talk to other people. Um, and, and I'm glad that uh, even though those are really good candidates, uh, why not give Fitzgerald a chance in-house? I, I think he had already proven himself uh, and, uh, you know, let him have a shot at uh, continuing to rebuild or retool this team here. Yeah, well, and I think um, and it's good. I did a piece on Tom in the summer. Actually, I did the piece because it looked like they were going to jump the uh, draft ahead of return to play. I don't know if you remember that was oh, right. part of the yeah. And it was like okay, well, let's uh, and 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 Tom had just been formally announced, I think, uh, as a full time GM, and he was really candid, you know, talking about hey, I feel I've earned the spot. If they want to go in another direction, mm-hmm. uh, I'm confident I'm going to get a job somewhere else in the NHL and I I thought you know he had a really good attitude about it and I thought he had a terrific trade deadline really maximizing um, return for assets uh, you know whether it was Andy Green going to the Islanders and um, um, Blake Coleman a really nice return from Tampa Uh, there was a lot of work that Tom did at the trade deadline um, that that I thought really did put him in good stead and and this is a team that is, you know, he was very candid, right? They, they are, they are young. They're going to grow together. Um, even a guy like Blake Coleman didn't really sort of fit that master plan, um, even though he was having, you know, a really important part of the Devils and went on to win a Stanley Cup in Tampa. But uh, I'm curious what you think. You know, it's 56 games, um, especially with the seven teams that that didn't play. So you know, by the time they hit the ice, it's 10 months. It's crazy. Competitive yeah. hockey. It, it's a long time. Of course, we had the entire league doing that in 0405, but. <laughs> well, yeah, well, exactly. But 
just those, I look at those seven teams and it's so hard to think, and especially, like, the Devils are in tough. That East division is, man, it's going to be a bear. But I do, I think a team like the Devils in, in starting in goal with Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford, um, you know, the goaltending was a real problem for the Devils the last couple of well, years. What, do they have a chance? I mean, what do you think? No. But, no, you know, okay. one of the things that, uh, and believe me, it doesn't matter to where they're headed. I, I think this team's going to be good eventually, but, but this, year, this year is about developing. It's not about winning. But one of the things we did see uh, in 12-13 when the Blackhawks ran away with it, we also saw some yep. surprise underdog teams. Uh, the Leafs were an example at the time, right? Remember in 12-13, no one expected the Leafs to to have a run. They, I think that's the year they made the playoffs in a shortened season and lost that heartbreaker to Boston in Game 7, um, if memory serves correct. But my point oh, yes. is that the shortened season allows for the kind of variancy where some underdog teams can hang in there uh, and that the longevity of a normal 82-game season doesn't burst your bubble by the end of it. You know what I mean? Like you can sort of, if you get off to a hot start and hang in there and play 500 after uh, after a shocking opening month, you can hang in that bubble and, and, and perhaps surprise a lot of people. So that's the one thing about 56 instead of 82 games. Is is maybe cheating? I don't want to say cheating your way in, but defying expectation because you don't have to prove it over the same amount of games. So that's that's one theme I bet you and I will revisit uh, halfway through this shortened season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And to me, that's that's going to be most pronounced in that West Division, where the three California teams, of course, were three of the seven that didn't make the uh, return to play cutoff in the summer. The forgotten seven. Um, Mm-hmm. The, yeah, forgotten the Forgotten Seven. seven. Yes. Um, and in that new reconfigured West, there is going to be, like on paper, right, there's going to be room for a team that's probably, you know, has modest expectations to make the playoffs, right? Because the top four teams are going to make the playoffs. And we know that St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. They're, they're already paper, in. They, they were told they don't have to play. In. They don't have to play their game. They, they just... It's like the round robin, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not good for the Blues who sort of sleptwalk through all of that. But right. anyway, uh, you know, there is going to be a team that, that there's going to be opportunity there for. And I, went, I don't think that's, you know, you can, you know, if your glass is half full, um, I think that's. I think that should provide for some interesting competition, especially mm-hmm. you know the number of times the teams are going to play each other, especially in those three California teams. It's you know maybe it's one of them, right? Maybe it's the Sharks who bounce back. Maybe it's the Kings under Todd McClellan, you know, making taking an unexpected jump in their evolution. Maybe it's the Ducks, you know, John Gibson and goal. Maybe that's. I don't know. What do you, what do you, do you like that idea? Well, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, Minnesota is the team I look at that might surprise, uh, only because I, th- I thought they finished strong last year and when it was supposed to be a lost season for them, right? Um, so I, I kind of wonder about that. Uh, I, you know, people are really down on, on San Jose, um, and I think part of it is even the Sharks themselves, I think, are ready to really give a lot of younger players a bigger chance this year so I, I i do think it's a transition year for san jose but the one thing i will that is intriguing to me there are the rec- reclamation projects in goal in san jose <laughs> I, yeah i i would not surprise me against what everyone is saying that this is actually a nice little story 
between Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones in terms of their yeah. ba- a dual bounce back at the same time between the two guys and you know uh, so let, let let's monitor that and see if that transpires because obviously in a short season uh, goaltending is going to make all the difference. Um, especially given that you're going to want to play both your guys, I think most teams and not rely too much only on your, on your top guy. Absolutely true. Um, we had, of course, uh, since you and I spoke last week, uh, we have an agreement. We still don't know where all the teams are going to play. We don't know about the <laughs> small Canadian. Detail. Yeah. Just a small detail. Oh, you know what? I'm pretty, you know, I, I've become less sort of, Oh my gosh, what what is going to happen with that? I mean, it's certainly going to be fascinating to see how the NHL and the NHLPA can, you know, what happens in the 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 final discussions with the five provincial health ministries that will um, dictate where and how the Canadian teams play in the North Division. Um, uh, but I'm I'm kind of zen because I just I just they're they'll figure it out. And if, if Vancouver can't start at home, I assume they'll start in Edmonton or Calgary or, or they will work something out. Uh, are you, what is, when you look at the return to play protocols and we saw some of the, you know, the COVID language mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things, are, are there things that sort of jumped out to you or like, okay, I wonder how that will work. Or I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see this element of, how the 2021 season is going to look. Yeah, so one of the things that interests me the most is what is what is the line where the league will really intervene and shut down, a, uh, basically shut down a team facility? Like, I mean, the team themselves are supposed to make that decision, but I, I was reading through the protocols and there's going to be some judgment calls in this, right? And, and it, there's language in the protocols when you read it, a uh, really lengthy document, but about trying to ward off potential outbreak and closing the team facility and like we like we've seen in the nfl this year right football and and i I guess you know my question is how aggressive and i think the league will be aggressive judging from the way they treated the the two bubbles last summer but these aren't bubbles now whether you know this season is going to be run more in the open but how aggressive is the league going to be in shutting down a team facility when they can they feel there's an outbreak coming? And number two, you know, I, I, I go back to the the Denver Broncos game in the NFL this year where they were forced to play without a quarterback or, you know, they ended up starting, a I think, a wide receiver who played some quarterback in college. But basically, all three of their quarterbacks were on the COVID list and they still played that game against New Orleans. I thought that was a bad decision by the NFL to allow that game to proceed, especially because in the right. same week, Agreed. I think the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game got delayed 19,000 times because of Baltimore's <laughs> COVID issues. And so when will the NHL's Denver Broncos Denver Broncos moment arrive is what yeah. I'm, I'm interested in. And, and how many players does it take for the NHL? Because that's not specifically laid out in the protocols. And I don't blame them. I think they want to make a judgment call on these things. But how many players... You know, how many players on the COVID list does it take for the league to say, you know what, let's, uh, I know you got four games this week, but we're going to, we're, we're going to have to fill these in later. And, and what's interesting in that, which the NFL didn't have to deal with this year, the NFL is postponing one game at a time because it's a weekly sport. When the NHL is going to postpone games, they're going to do it by series, I assume. <laughs> so you were, you know, Vancouver and Calgary were set to play a three-game series this week. Well, that three-game series is not postponed because of a COVID outbreak, right? So, so, so that'll be interesting, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. 
you know, you you saw the transition rules over the weekend, Scott, that were sent to uh, to clubs, and in the critical dates that were sent to clubs on Sunday morning, uh, it said July fifteenth for the last possible day for the Stanley Cup final. When the critical dates were announced publicly yesterday in that in those documents, it said July 9th as the last possible yes. date, and I inquired as to why there was a tweak within three days, and the explanation I got is that. It still could be that the cup final goes past July 9th. It really comes down to whether the league will use will need to use that extra week that will be baked into the schedule, I think, for postponements, right? You know, whether the, essentially the playoffs are delayed in starting because of games that need to be completed at, at the back end of the regular season. That's really what we're talking about here. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, the league is going to have to be nimble as they try to meander their way through this and navigate through this and what is what will be the most unique season in the history of the league. Yeah. Do you I I was interested in the you know how because in the leading up to return to play and then once they got into the bubble in the summer well they didn't have any positive tests but you know people were there was a, a real you know, there, there was no formal acknowledgement from the teams or the league that specific players had tested positive for COVID. You know, sometimes they it came out because players mm. talked about it or whatever it is. But my understanding now of they won't identify players during training camp who may test positive. But once the season starts, um, that 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 information will be made public. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. Yes. You know, I mean, I I think there's a certain. I think the transparency is important um, because it, it it's going to lead to the kinds of things that you're talking about, Pierre. What, what happens to games? When is a line where you can or can't play? Do you have enough players? All those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think that transparency is is important. I, I, were you surprised by that, or do you like it? Well, I do like it for sure because um, I, I think you look at the other leagues. I mean, you have to announce when a player has COVID so that there isn't ridiculous speculation and 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 you know needless a needless guessing game so that so that is a good thing and yes it's in the protocols that once the regular season starts the league will announce you know players that have tested positive for for covid so it won't be the nhlpa and it won't be the teams themselves but rather it'll be the league announcing it um and that's a good thing because that because that to your point that'll that'll give some transparency to all this um, and, and I think you needed that so that, again, we, people understood what was going on as, as we get through, try to get through the season. Um, and, and again, let's nimble is the key word. I mean, part of, part of the language in the release that went out the other day as well was, and it's, in fact, it's in the transition rules is the reality of knowing that some teams may have to play in neutral sites if they can't play in their local jurisdictions. We know that's the case with the San Jose Sharks right now. It might be the case with the Vancouver Canucks. We'll see. Maybe other Canadian teams. It might be the case with some other U.S. teams that we haven't thought about yet because it, it hasn't happened yet. So the league is really has to be nimble as it tries to get through the season and be ready to play games in all kinds of different places if it has to. All right, uh, just about time to wrap this up. Um, lots of um, I, I I don't it hasn't the avalanche hasn't started yet, but we're starting to see a little trickle. Few moves, um, yeah. Grandling going yeah, back to Nashville, of- interesting because frankly he wasn't a very good fit there. But 
uh, it just shows you that the market did not bear what uh, Mikhail Granlin wanted. Um, yeah. So he goes back to Nashville. Um, and I don't know that the Predators are done. I feel like Nashville's got a few things up their sleeve, so we'll see. Well, I mean, we still have, I'm just looking here um, as we speak, the actual number. I think it's 10 teams. Ten teams that uh, have to do some cap scrambling to get to, um, to get legitimate for the start of the season. Of course, Tampa Bay at the start of uh, at the top of that list, and and actually making a couple signings, so adding to their cap woes by uh, locking up a couple of pieces this week. Um, of course, the big news, and, and you have referred to it on social media and uh, elsewhere, but. Uh, you know, sort of uncertainty regarding Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. and uh, whether he, uh, he has a hip injury that will allow him to play at the beginning of the season or whether they would be able to um, use his cap space uh, by moving him on to LTIR. There's still, there's lots in the air for a lot of teams to, in, in a short period of time to try and get ready for the start of this season. Yeah, the Kucherov one is is a huge situation. Um it may be that as he's skating this week that he feels fine after getting a, a hip injection last week. Um, and maybe he's fine and, and that's it. So he'll just play again. Uh, but as a source close to him was talking to me about th- this week, you know, it may be that they feel he needs surgery. They don't know yet, uh, at least as when we're taping this. So that looms large. He's a $9.5 million cap it. But as I like to say... This is not the way the Tampa Bay Lightning would want to help cure their cap issues <laughs> because yeah, exactly. it is one thing curing your cap. It's another one to really hammer your uh, your uh, your team on the ice with, by losing your top offensive player. <laughs> so, yeah. so in no way is this something that the Lightning clearly would want. It's just a question of what the player needs to do. So, you know, I, I, it feels to me like it's one of those situations where eventually Kucherov, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, within the next three years, is probably looking at hip surgery. Uh, but it's a question of when he does it. And, you know, if, if there is discomfort there, should he just do it in a in this sort of bastardized season that we have in front of us, right? I mean, I mean that's the question, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so fascinating to see what's happening. And we thought, you know, it was great to have Tom Fitzgerald on. I mean, right now, according to Cap Friendly, you know, the Devils are at the bottom of the, of, of the Cap projected hit and uh, you've got the kings you mentioned the predators still have uh, lots of cap wiggle room senators red wings a team like columbus um i think it's you know that's going to be right like everyone you, you, you we know the line in the sand right i mean the teams that aren't compliant now have to get there and for some teams that's going to mean finding a partner that that's that's going to help them alleviate that cap uh, uh, that cap issue. So right, we, which is why, you know, we asked Tom Fitzgerald that question because they, yeah, they'd be exactly. a popular team. Detroit would be another team. Uh, Ottawa is always one of those teams. So you're th- there's some opportunities there for those teams with cap room to, uh, to weaponize their cap space. Um, but let's also be honest. There's one thing having cap space and, then, and there's another having and I'm not saying this is the case with the Devils, but in general, in the real-life situation with owners and their finances this year. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, for so many years now, we've been so focused on on teams spending to the cap. We may not have the same teams that we're used to spending to the cap want to spend to the cap the next couple of years. 
there may be some financial constraints. So that's something I think that will impact the free agency next summer. We know that the opening free agency is July 28th. So memorize that one. Um, but I think if I, if I was a UFA, pending UFA right now, that would make me pretty nervous, especially because you've already seen how this past offseason has played out. I mean, Tory Krug didn't quite get the bonanza he hoped to get. He signed a really nice deal in St. Louis, but it wasn't eight million a year. It was six and a half. Um, Taylor Hall ended up on a one-year deal in Buffalo. He did not get an avalanche of offers that he would have liked to. So it really, there was an impact. The pandemic had an impact on the UFA market. And I think it will have another impact next summer in my mind. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, holidays coming up. You're, we're going to take next week off. And uh, is there what's the is there a LeBrun family holiday tradition? Is there something that you know will happen over the next few days? Is there a song, a meal? What's <laughs> what, you think about what's coming up? What's uh, you know what are you looking forward to, my friend? Well, my kids are getting into the World Juniors for sure. So we'll nice. have that on and on TSN, of course. So we're excited about that at TSN. <laughs> Good I, plug for I, TSN. I, I, I have nothing that. to do with it myself <laughs> other than I like any other <laughs> hockey fan. I enjoy watching it. Uh, but um, no, I mean, listen, it's 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 not quite the same. You know, normally we're so involved with, you know, seeing friends and relatives and, and having a lot of our activities based around that. And we're obviously not doing that this year. So it'll be a little different, but uh, it's all good. All right. Well, when uh, when we chat next, we will be on the cusp of. Well, I think I, actually we will will have already passed by. We'll be in 2021. So I'm I'm the training I'm camps will have opened. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So uh, lots of uh, excitement coming ahead, and hopefully lots brighter days for lots of people. Um, you should also listen before we get to the holidays. You want to check out uh, Craig Custance. It's like a greatest hits thing for Craig with his uh, best of the full 60. Brent Burns, Barry Trotz, Bobby Ryan, Willie O'Ree, Brian Burke. Uh, it's like a, it is like it's like a greatest hits collection for Craig. <laughs> so you should check that out. Um, and don't forget that you should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. And do not forget, if you aren't already a subscriber, go to theathletic.com slash twomanadvantage and receive two, not just one, but two all-access subscriptions for just the price of $1. That's a heck of a Christmas gift, my friend. Um, listen, all the best to you and your family in the coming days. And you too, uh, buddy. In here, yeah. And when when we when we get back together in a couple of weeks, it'll be Happy New Year. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, take care. Always, always good to catch up with you. Right on, right on.